With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Cara Vargas of the WISL. You are listening to Jonathan Ragus and Jim Williams on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. Episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Ragus, alongside me, the voice, Jim Williams. Jim, what's going on, bud? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Friday the 13th. Yes, Friday the 13th. It's all downhill, especially if you walk under ladders. Yes, that's very exciting. Now, good to be with you, John. Uh, hopefully, we do not have a bad luck show. We have a good luck show for you today. Uh Although we're going to talk about an ugly, ugly football game at the top of the moment. But, but before we get to that, John, uh, i gotta, I got to turn things over to you because I know you, you. we were talking pre-show. Uh, you were a little emotional, and I was, I was surprised by that because uh, you want to make mention that this is a momentous anniversary of a, of a tragic event, and I'll uh, allow you to do that. Yeah, it's still a little somber, Jim. It's, uh, it, you know, yesterday was the year anniversary of uh, San Diego Chargers linebacker Manti Teo's girlfriend, uh, Lene Kaku. Uh, very sad. It's like we hardly knew her. Uh, so, you know, from us, we just want to send our condolences, and may she rest in imaginary pieces. <laughs> You're going to hell. You are going <laughs> the freak to hell. Well, I am. Yeah, well, at least you admit that. And admission is half the battle. And you still have Lene Kakua's nude pictures, don't you? No, I don't have them. Uh, no, don't don't start rumors. Don't start rumors. But uh, college game day last week, somebody had a sign up that said Lene Kakua nudes. And it was nothing more than a sign with that on the first like third of the sign. And then the other two-thirds of the sign had arrows pointing down to nothing but white space. Gotta say, that was very hot. Classic, classic. Classic, classic picture. Love I'm telling you, you know. Thank you, James, Jameson, for bringing it to my attention. It was and great. You're welcome, Jonathan. Yes. Jonathan. There you go. Well, let's get into last night's disgusting, sloppy game, a 13-10 win by the New England Patriots. And honestly, with the way both teams were playing, it, was, it would have been nice if it was a tie because no team really deserved to win this game last night. Tom Brady was on throwing passes into the chest of his receivers uh, it, it, I I don't know what to say. Aaron Dobson, uh, you know, uh, Tompkins, Devlin, Legarrett, uh, Blunt. They were just dropping, dropping him. Uh, yeah. Sandra, but you know what? Also, to go for Geno Smith had a very very good three quarters in the fourth quarter. A little sloppy. It was a rookie quarterback trying to do too much. You got to put the blame on Marty Mornwig, the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Why would you stop? With the run, they were running great. Chris Ivory, Bilal Powell having a very, very good running game, Jim. What did you think of last yeah. night's game? It was, uh, words escaped me. You know, there there are bad games in the National Football League, and then there's the one we saw last night. Uh, you're right on Geno Smith, because he, he tried to force the ball after a while, and he threw yeah. three picks in the game to negate his uh, his solid work rate in the first three quarters of the game. Going back to the Tom Brady situation, I mean, you look at the receiving core, and the one that sticks out, Julian Edelman. He had a decent game, 78 yards receiving, 13 catches. But again, you miss. You mentioned the drop balls and the targets. Arian Dobson, uh, or rather Aaron Dobson, targeted 10 times. He only caught three balls. Kenbrell Tompkins, a lot of people think he could be making his uh, way up the depth chart with the injuries. 
He was targeted seven times. He only caught two of those passes. And so many times in the game, you saw Tom Brady audibly saying Fuddruckers because I think he was hungry. Oh, he was. Listen, it was raining. When a football was wet, it is harder to catch. But a professional NFL wide receiver makes those catches. Look at Julian Edelman. He made some good catches. Look at Santonio Holmes. He made some acrobatic catches. Sure. Even though it was three completions, those three completions, two of them were for first downs, and they one was going out of bounds, one was a toe-tapper on the sideline. You just make those catches. And let me tell you, Jim, if Morinwig would, would have called one more play for Clyde Gates last night from the Jets, I was going to put my fist through my screen. Yeah, apparently Clyde Gates had some incriminating photos of somebody. That's I, all I can Eight ask. targets, two completions. Uh, the guy can't make a catch. And, you know... That's what brought this to me was you get rid of Braylon Edwards to have Clyde Gates. Braylon Edwards would have made those catches last night. There was oh, no, no doubt. question about it. No doubt. He he. But again, it goes back to the lack of depth for both teams. Now with New England, you got Danny Amendola out for up to a month and a half, two months now. Yep. This is the New England Patriots team you're going to have to get used to for a little while at least. Because, you know, Gronkowski, you don't exactly know when he's coming back. No. Uh, you know, they have no weapons. And some Did of them... Are, out for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're going to say, oh, well, they're it's amazing. They're doing what they can because, you know, it's, it's a testament to Bill Pelichick's system. Well, they beat the Jets, okay? They beat yeah. the Jets. They're not beating... This team as is is not going to beat uh, the, the upper echelon teams in the NFL. They can't. They just don't have the weapons. I mean... I I almost feel for Tom Brady because he is he's doomed for you know a, a big letdown this year. Well, and if you have if you have Tom Brady on your fantasy team and I have him on a couple, this may be one of those few times in the history of his career you may want to mm, go a step back and maybe think about finding another quarterback because look at his stat line: nineteen of thirty nine for one hundred eighty five yards and a touchdown. That's not going to win you many fantasy points. Well, you know, just look at Geno Smith as well. 15 to 35, 214 yards, three interceptions. Quarterback rating of 27.6. If these guys weren't dropping these passes, Geno Smith and Tom Brady's stats would have been so much more better. But you, but again, you can expect yeah. that kind of those kind of numbers from Smith. Oh yeah. If, yeah. if for nothing else, because he's just getting into the league. But what he bothers me is that. Geno Smith was having such a strong game until the fourth quarter, and that to me is when Marty Mornwig really lost control of how to call the offense. I mean, Chris Ivory, this is what the Jets expected from Chris Ivory when they got him from the Saints. Four, four and a half yards per carry last night, 12 carries, 52 yards. Every time he gained momentum, they took the ball away from Chris Ivory. Why would you do that? Well, Marty Mornwig, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, I should know this. Didn't he have some time in the Eagle system under oh, Andy Reid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's kind of a, a parallel we can draw. <clears throat> I uh, don't want to run the football. <clears throat> uh, the running's not important. Got to throw the football. Time's yours. Well, that's uh, it. 32 carries for 129 yards. But, you know, whatever. Blaupal got the touchdown. That was all great. You know, 3.7 yards per carry is still damn good. You yeah. need to run the ball more, though. And like you say, especially in the second half of the football game when the rain was starting to be a factor, when you get to that point, you have to run the football. So, No question about it. I mean, even look at the uh, when it gets Tampa Bay. You know, Geno Smith threw what? 38 passes. They only ran 29 times. So mm -hmm. it is what it is. But for them to be effective and to, and to have won this game last night, you had to have gone to the running game. But you got to give props to the Jets defense. The Jets defense showed up again. They did. They kept them in that game single-handedly. Like I said, it's going to come down to the Jets defense, the Patriots offense, and that's where it came down to. But Jets receivers did absolutely nothing to help this game, as did Marty Morinwig. So, and then, right, did, then we fast-forward to the end of the game, where the game was pretty much, you know, put, put to the end. Yes. And then we get ourselves a little rugby match in the middle of a football field. Uh, a low tackle from Nick Mangold set off what was uh, described, according to ESPN.com, as a scrum, so that's the right rugby reference, uh, between uh, Jets players and Patriots players. Somebody said something about somebody's mother, I guess. I'm not sure. Long story short, Willie Colon and DeBrickashaw Ferguson were ejected in the final minute. 
of the loss. Uh, Mangold dove after cornerback Akib Talib. I probably yes. butchered that name, but uh, dancing around too much, so he just laid him yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> he was evading tackles. He was slicing, dicing, Julian Frenchy, Julianing French French fries and what have you. Uh, but but the reason they were ejected, uh, if I'm not mistaken, something involving uh, getting involved with a referee there, too. Well, the Brickishaw Ferguson threw a punch at a Patriots player, and Willie Colon uh, inadvertently knocked down a referee, which automatically is going to get you ejected from the right. game. Uh, will there be a suspension? It's not an automatic that it's going to be, uh, but something's going to happen here. Probably Willie Colon, but this is not what the Jets needed with Brick and Cologne with a division rival with Buffalo coming in next week. So that's something that they did not need to happen is to lose these two players. But you know what? Hopefully the Jets punish him because that was just uncalled for. You don't do that. So. Unnecessary fighting, according to the league, in active involvement carries a big-time fine for a first offense under league rules, $5,250. How will he be able to feed his family? Uh don't get me started on fines in this league. It's so yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. They're so outdated. Uh, but uh, it, it tempers boil over with one of, and I, I put Patriots and Jets near the uh, near the top, believe it or not, when it comes to uh, rivalries in the league right oh, now. Yeah, one of the best in the league, no doubt. It is. And yeah, obviously throw the records and throw everything out the window when these two teams play. As you can see last night, you know, on paper, even uh, with all the injuries, the Patriots have Tom Brady against a rookie quarterback. You expect them to win the big game. Yep, they, they did, and it was it was F U G L Y, fugly. You know, what? I I still got to give props to Geno Smith though, man. You know, oh, yeah. those two games. I mean, even though he had those three interceptions last night, the first one. But he was know, forcing them. He was forcing them. Yeah, by the that first point. one. You know what? I kind of, you know, you kind of be like, oh, man, that that sucks. That was, a, uh, you know, it was more of a mistake on the receiver in his part. The two that were forced, though, I, I, I honestly put them on Marty Morinwig, man. You you saw that he was trying to, you know what, you can't throw a rookie into the middle of the scrap. We saw this with Mark Sanchez in his first two seasons with the Jets. You can't throw him in the middle and say, go out there and win me this game because you're ready to do it. No, Geno Smith is not ready for that yet. Right. So he needed to go with the run. I really like the way Geno Smith has handled himself so far, and honestly, you know, this is his job to lose. Oh, and Mark speaking of that, yeah. speaking of that, you mentioned Mark, as we call him on the BS Big Show on CLW83.com. Shall I say the nickname or should I not? Dirty Sanchez, right? Mark Pablo Dirty Sanchez is what we call him. <laughs> I don't know why we stick Pablo in there. It just sounds funny. But uh, Mark Sanchez, making some news this uh this Friday the 13th, because, uh, how nice can I say this? Sanchez uh, told Rich Eisen uh, of NFL Network, uh, and this is a tweet from Eisen, Sanchez said he is eager to be there for Gino, but added he's disappointed in getting hurt because, quote, I won the competition, there's no doubt, mm-hmm. end quote. Uh, Sanchez, for all intents and purposes, may or may not be done for the season, uh, he he may or may not have season-ending surgery. Uh, there's been debate about that. Right now, it's not looking like it. But there, the way he shows his, how shall I word this, support for Gino, because he did say he was pleasantly surprised by his progress, uh, so on and so forth. The the way he he's helping a brother out, helping his teammate out. With with those kind of words, you know, who needs enemies? Yeah. Well, it, it, listen, here's my two cents. Uh-huh. Mark Sanchez was going to start this season. There was no yeah. question about it. Rex Ryan wanted him to start, even though Marty Morinwig wanted Geno Smith to start because that's the kind of quarterback he's used to. He wanted Mark Sanchez to start. And you could tell in that last preseason game when he put Mark Sanchez in to give him the edge. And what happened? Rex Ryan got Mark Sanchez injured. So in the end... Mark Sanchez's injury, that's on the shoulders of Rex Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mark, it's at his feet, if you will. Ha, ha, ha. Mark Sanchez, is, is, he, he really is a team player. It, it, he really is. That's what he, He's shown that with, with his time with the Jets. Him coming out and saying this, that doesn't sound like Mark Sanchez to me, Jim. It so, goes against everything he, is, he has tried to show over the last uh, four seasons. But now, is this a good thing, though? Does it, it, you know? Does does this mean this is a different Mark Sanchez we're seeing? Is this somebody that's going to want to get out there and prove people wrong, or is this just 
you know, creating more drama where we don't need it. I, I don't know. I'm inclined to think the latter from an outside point of view. I'm really inclined to think the latter because what favor does this do to Geno Smith? Does it does it inspire him to play better football? See? I don't know. I would hope so. Maybe, you know, Geno Smith reads and says, crap, you know what, I got to step up. I ain't letting this guy take back his job. It, you know? it comes off to me more as sour grapes than anything else. Yeah, it, 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 does, it does sound sour, but you know what? You got to look at Mark Sanchez, too. He knows he was coming out to start. Rex Ryan throws him in. He gets injured. That's on the shoulders of Rex Ryan. You know, he's got to be a little angry himself, Mark Sanchez. You know, you... Well, and I understand that, but there's there's a way to handle it. There's a way to do it. There's the professional way. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to come back, and if I'm afforded the opportunity, I can't wait to come back. But then he just pretty much, he unintentionally, or intentionally as the case may be, but, threw Geno Smith under the bus. But also, is this something where we're reading too much into the media again? Because this is Rich Eisen reporting it through Twitter, and Rich Eisen wrote on Twitter saying, Sanchez said he is eager to be there for Geno, but added he's disappointed in getting hurt because I won the competition, there is no doubt. Now, in what context did Mark Sanchez say that in? And well, well, Rich Eisen no, take that and put it into a different context. It's entirely possible. I can yeah. see that. No, no doubt. So you know that's something that also we got to point out there that sure, but everybody says this is something for Mark Sanchez. We've never heard Mark Sanchez do or say. Yeah, but so, by the same token, when you're when you're in front of somebody being interviewed or questioned, you don't let that that kind of a sound bite okay. get out there but in the first place. If this was on video or audio, and we can hear Mark Sanchez saying it in that context that Rich Eisen is saying that he said it in. I'd feel more confident in saying, "Holy crap, what's going on, Mark Sanchez?" Yeah. No, well, what I'm what I'm just saying is, you know, there's media training for players that you don't get yourself caught up in a situation where something you say can be extrapolated that way. Yeah. yeah. So, so, we'll see what happens. I mean, but let, let me beg a question right now. If Mark Sanchez was in that game last night, would the Jets have won? If Mark, if a healthy Mark Sanchez was a quarterback, I mean, it, it's 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 really hard to say if he could have or not. Um. You know, only because with the rain and 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 the way they were calling plays for Gino, it wouldn't have been the same way they would have called plays for Sanchez. So I, I you know, I can't say yeah or nay on that. Okay, yeah, because like, that that that's the question that it comes down to, not I, just I, last still, night, but with, the entire season. Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's does Gino Smith give you a better chance to win games than Mark Sanchez? And believe it or not, I'm inclined to say yes. And 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 this. Right now, absolutely, he does. He does, and and I agree with that. And, and I am a Mark Sanchez supporter. I think that there's a lot more blame that needs to go around than just on Mark Sanchez. Oh, great. Or what he did in his first two seasons when he actually had a decent team around him. So I don't blame him for none of that. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely. I think this is, you know, five years in, now is the time to start looking in a different place. Uh, Mark Sanchez hasn't progressed. He has regressed, and that's because – of the organization. I don't particularly put that on Mark Sanchez. He's a hard-working guy, but it has to be Geno, you know, Geno Smith's time now. This is his team. It's got to go in a different direction, and it has Absolutely. to be able to go in an even bigger direction when Rex Ryan gets fired, either during the season or after the season, and I believe that's the next thing that's going to happen. So, Yeah, and Geno Smith prolongs him from getting, uh, at least for now, from getting fired in season. If Geno Smith continues to play like this and the – Jets could somehow win anywhere between six to seven games. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to prolong it just at least till the end of the season. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Let's go into a little bit more drama, and this comes from the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. We got us a little kicker squabble. Jeff. Oh, nothing like nothing like kickers, you know, throwing down. And now, I, the, the I love- Raiders. The Raiders and Jaguars face each other on Sunday on what I'm sure will be the game of the week in many people's eyes. Roll's eyes and back of head. So there's this story that comes out late last night, according to the Florida Times Union, that bastion of truthiness nobody's ever heard of. According to the paper, Jaguars kicker Josh Scobie said that Seabass, Sebastian Janikowski, told him he roots against the Oakland Athletics each year. Now, why would he do that? Because the quicker the dirt infield has gone from Oakland's Odako Coliseum, uh, you know, that that's the reason, you know, he can stop worrying, Janikowski that is, about kicking on slippery dirt. Uh, one little problem with this, of course, is 
Janikowski said he never said such rubbish. Quoting Seabass, ridiculous. I root for the A's. We've got an advantage here. I root for the A's. Don't get me wrong. I go to the games. But whatever Scobie says, it just blows my mind. End quote. Yeah. Uh, when talking to reporters afterwards, Janikowski said, quote, I was pissed off. Good for him. Better than be pissed on, of course. Uh, that's why I'm talking to you guys. I wanted to get that straight. Yeah, because this uh, is a guy that doesn't speak to the media. Never does. Yeah, and uh, in regards to cheering for the A's demise, stupid, ridiculous, according to Janikowski. That's one of those things. I mean, Odako is one of the handful of stadiums left that is multi-purpose from that bygone era of the 60s and 70s where mm -hmm. the infield dirt is there, and there's certainly a, a quote-unquote home field advantage uh, to the home kicker in that instance. Oh, there's no doubt about it. What What do you make of this squabble? I, you know what, I... They probably had a conversation. I think Scobie took something that Janikowski said and made it even bigger. The guy's been kicking at this stadium for 14 years. Mm -hmm. If he did not want to kick at this stadium, he wouldn't have still been an Oakland Raider 14 years later. There were chances for him to leave Oakland and sign with another team. He was a hot commodity at one point, Sebastian Janikowski. I, mm -hmm. I I just don't see anything to it. I, I, I don't know why Josh Scobie said what he said, but I think he's he's wrong in that because... Not only do the stats and his years in Oakland, you know, prove it, but it just doesn't make sense. And Janikowski himself said it best. Uh, having that dirt infield still there through as late as late October, technically now early November, depending on how the postseason pans out. Uh, quote, I think it's an advantage for us. Guys come in and they think about it so much. Do I have to plant my foot differently or whatever? I'm not going to tell them what to do, end quote. And, and he's right. It is... It is a little, it's one of the handful of things the Oakland Raiders have going for them, believe it or not. Well, the Jags visit Oakland this weekend. Are we going to yeah. have a uh, kicker gate? What's going on now? Well, listen, <laughs> the, 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 the Jaguars are, are have bigger issues, like, you know, actually putting up points on their own for once. Uh, yeah, I mean. It is going to be know, funny watching Terrell Pryor run circles around them on Sunday, let me tell you. Oh, that is going to be hilarious. Yeah. I mean, and, and hey. I don't think Terrell Pryor is going to help the Jaguars put points on the board this time. No, I, I you know I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, thirty points in in last week's home opener or last week's opener, and uh, well, you didn't score any Jacksonville. Good on you. You know, let me tell you this: I I would not be shocked if the Jags don't win any games this season. I really would be. I, and you mentioned that, and we'll get to picks in a moment. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew isn't even doing anything. No. That's no. the scary thing. When Maurice Jones-Drew is almost written out of the entire equation, what do you have to play for? But 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 remember, this is this is a team that has two homes, the Jaguars, Jacksonville and London, England. So <laughs> the London Jaguars. Oh, man, all right. I, I you know what I guess before we get to the picks, let's get into this though too. Uh Roger uh, Goodell. Saying the NFL needs to listen regarding the Washington Redskins name. We've spoken about this quite a few times on this program, as uh, as you know, as recently as last week, Jim. Um, now Roger Goodell is saying we need to listen about this because there's more fans coming out in support of what the Native Americans are bringing up, as well as the journalists who are taking the sides of the Native Americans. In the end, it is Redskins owner uh, Dan Snyder's, uh, uh, you know, decision in order to change the Washington Redskins name. Do you see Dan Snyder changing the name of the Redskins, or will we be calling them the Washington Redskins for the next 40 years? There's a better chance of me becoming the new play-by-play -play voice of the Washington Redskins. What what it comes down to is this. The the comments given by Roger Goodell, this was in an interview on a DC radio station, 1067 The Fan. Mm -hmm. When you're Roger Goodell or any commissioner, you want to please the most people you possibly can. This is a placating move by Goodell, a placating statement. The official statement, quote, ultimately it is Dan's decision, but it is something that I want all of us to go out and make sure we're listening to our fans, listening to people who have a different view, and making sure that we continue to do what's right to make sure that te that team represents the strong tradition that it has for so many years. Uh, sadly, part of that tradition is the name, uh, and it isn't going to go anywhere. Uh, and I listen, like I mentioned before, I understand what Native Americans are saying, and they're right. Is the name offensive? Yeah, it is. But... 
from the NFL aspect, the name is a license to print money. And to change the name, I don't know that it would it, it would I I don't think you can at this point. I just don't think you can. All Goodell is trying to do is trying to placate everybody and make everybody happy, saying, well, it's not my call, and I'm open to hearing anything, when deep down you know he probably doesn't give a damn. No, he doesn't. Well, you know, he wants the uh, the he back wants, of the fans. He wants to look like Mr. Uh, you know, Do-Good all the time. So. Yeah, instead of looking like the but, football version of John Laurinaitis. I still say it comes down to where the Washington Redskins should sit down with the Native Americans and the tribes okay. who are voicing you know, uh, you know, displeasure over this, and come to some sort of an agreement where, you know what, let's use the Washington Redskins as a tribute to the people of this land. You know, let's do something positive with it instead of it always being negative, always coming out into the press, lawsuits being filed. They could do something positive with this, but it just seems both sides are too stupid to do so. so. Well, ultimately what it comes down to is if enough money is brought to the table, the Native Americans, uh, just like with any other group when it comes to uh, such controversial issues – We'll quiet down. You know, the, the the last lawsuit we spoke about with that commercial that we played, and we can play it again. We still have it. Oh boy! Maybe I'll you know play that right after I say this. But the people who paid to put this out, they own casinos. They got money. How much exactly. more money do they need? You know, uh, the Mikasuki down in uh, Florida, or uh, uh, is it Foxwoods up in Connecticut? That's uh, no, I don't think it was Foxwoods. But you know, what? let's play it real quick for the listeners who didn't listen to it. We still have it here. It's a minute long. Yeah. This is the ad that played on the radio this uh, – is, is it this weekend or was it past weekend? It was this past weekend because it was for the Monday night game. Yeah, so it was the Eagles and Redskins game. Uh, here's the commercial. When a Philadelphia Eagles player used a racial slur to describe African Americans, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell did the right thing. He said that racial language is, quote, obviously wrong, insensitive, and unacceptable. I'm Ray Helbritter of the United Indian Nation a proud sponsor of the NFL. I applaud Mr. Goodell for his actions. He is absolutely right. This kind of bigotry has no place in America. Now with the Philadelphia Eagles playing Washington in the NFL's first Monday night football game, the commissioner has the opportunity to stand up to bigotry again. He can denounce the racial slur in the team name of the Washington Redskins. That word, Redskins, is not a harmless term. The commissioner can and should use the same words he used to describe the Eagles player because the term Ritzkins is obviously wrong, insensitive, and unacceptable. We do not deserve to be called Ritzkins. We deserve to be treated as what we are, Americans. Paid for by the United Indian Nation. So the United Indian Nation put that together, put that on there. And and no disrespect to them, the production value leaves much to be desired. Uh, But... but, uh, I just just to kind of bring this to a lighter note, uh, one of the comments to this article on Yahoo Sports is just hilarious. I think the Cowboys should be forced to change their name. Cowboys are hardworking, humble, regular people. The NFL Cowboys are overpaid divas. Uh, they give real Cowboys a bad name. I, I caught me as funny. So yeah, everything's relative. So I don't know. I I, I really would like to reach out to uh, the gentleman in that commercial. Uh, yeah, definitely. So see if we can get him on. It, it would be nice. Like I said, yeah, I, I, I respect the other girl that was doing the first lawsuit and never heard back from them. Uh, you know, but I would like to sit down and, you know, have, have a discussion with uh, with them and say, hey, listen, could something positive come out of this if you guys actually sat down and uh, talked about it? So hmm. we'll see what happens, Jim. Indeed. 30 minutes left in the show. I think it's time to make our picks, Jim. Bold predictions, short of fail. So far in week two, you are one to know. You did change your mind from the Jets. You took New England. You know, another show I didn't. So there you go. I am zero and one. First week, nine and seven, thirteen and three. But yeah, I, okay, you got Okay, shut up. With you're that, gonna catch up and gain a lot of ground this week. I just have that feeling. You're just saying that to be nice. Okay, go ahead. So let's go with Sunday's first game, and that is the St. Louis Rams at Atlanta Falcons. Jim, who do you got here? Oh, I, this is a no-brainer. The ATL all day long, dirty birds in this one. Also going with the Falcons on my side. The Carolina Panthers at the Buffalo Bills. Tough game. This is a pick game to me. And, you know, E.J. Manuel didn't look too, too bad last week. He wasn't horrible. He wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But I think Cam Newton breaks out of his shell and hooks up with Steve Smith for a couple of touchdowns. I'm going Carolina on the road. I am also going Carolina. I think Cam Newton does 
open up. He's going to have a bigger game. You're going to see the uh, rushing from the Carolina Panthers do a better job against Buffalo, my opinion. We'll see what happens. The Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Jim, who do you got? Alouette, Chantelalouette. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, too many weapons right now with Chicago. And remember, the Bears won without Matt Forte doing much on the ground. Agreed. Uh, that's going to change this weekend. I think Chicago takes this one uh, by 7 to 10 points. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm actually going to go with Minnesota here. Uh, Also, the Vikings do have a lot of weapons. Christian Ponder, not so much a weapon, but without guys like Brian Urlacher around in Chicago, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Adrian Peterson, and that could make the big difference. This has the potential to be a good running back matchup. It's going to be a really good one. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this game. Okay. One more for me. Go ahead. And who were we just talking about? The Washington Redskins taking on the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. This is a tough one, Jim. I don't think so. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that tough a game. Uh, I think Green Bay just has, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers is is ticked off from last week and he's going to go off. I think Green Bay wins this one uh, rather comfortably, believe it or not. And I'm, I'm calling them Green Bay because Packers is an offensive term. Just saying. Go ahead. For the for what? For the cheese Packers. That's offensive. They do not pack it. They no. handle. They can't. Right, I'm can't. actually going to go with Washington here. Uh, what you You're saw trying to be a contrarian. That's why. No, what you saw in the second half from RG3 was the RG3 we all know and love. Alfred Morris is better than his 12 carries, 45 yards uh, last week. I'm going with Washington. Will the, real, will the real RG3 please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Miami Dolphins at Indianapolis against the Colts. Captain, come back all the way, Indianapolis. I am also going with Andrew Luck and the Colts. The Dallas Cowboys taking on Andy Reid and his Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Who do you got? <clears throat> I uh, just want to say ahead of time, I apologize. I uh, I need to do a better job against the Cowboys. Um, <clears throat> too busy uh, ordering some KC Masterpiece on the sideline. Good ribs. Uh, <clears throat> uh, that's why we lost the game. Um Dallas wins the football game. <clears throat> Time chores. So you're going with Dallas. I'm going with the boys as much as it pains me to do I'm so. also going with the Cowboys. Manti Teo and his oh, imaginary San Diego Chargers taking on your Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. Who's got this one? Well, okay, there are two reasons why I'm picking Philadelphia. Number one, their offense is still going to uh, throw uh, – give it a couple more weeks and people will finally get what the offense is about. Yeah. I mean, and on both sides. And number two, San Diego's coming cross-country. And historically, if you go wet, come from uh, the West Coast and go East, you already have like two or three strikes against you anyway. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia will win this game, but not unlike last uh, this past Monday night. It's not going to be a breeze. No, I'm going with uh, Philadelphia as well. Eventually, the league will get used to Chip Kelly's offense. Well, you know but what? You know Eagles what it comes down to. Now. It's not just going to be the league. The referees are going to mandate that the offense slows down. I really believe that. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. So, all right, Cleveland Browns taking on the defending Super Bowl champion Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Who do you got? Mm, the Modell Bowl. Oh yes, got to go to Mo's. You know, I picked Cleveland as a sexy pick to to contend. In the AFC North, mm-hmm. they really let me down last week. I, I don't think Whedon's going to be as bad, but, uh, you know, a slight edge to Baltimore. I'm going to pick the Ravens at home. Yes, I am also picking the Ravens at Where was Trent Richardson last week is what I'm wondering. I don't know. He disappeared. 13 carries, 47 Maybe touches. he was with Tao's girlfriend. I don't know. He but you know what? Only 13 touches for Trent Richardson. That's another thing that you gotta, really happened. you got to give him 25 touches. You've got to give him 25 touches if you want a chance, Cleveland. Come on now. Still say if you gave 25 touches to Chris Ivory last night, could have been a different score. Definitely. Uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the Houston Texans in Houston. Who do you got? The most compelling thing about this game, which Houston will win, is how they're going to handle the running back situation because it's now being deemed uh, that Foster and Tate are going to pretty much share the load equally. I don't buy that for a second. Foster's going to play out of his gourd. Big game coming, Houston. I am also taking Houston. Even if they split it, Ben Tate is a very, very capable running back. He has proven that. He's going to run for yards. He's going to score you some touchdowns. And if you got a two-headed monster, why not? It's going to be good for them. I'm picking Houston. Mm-hmm. 
Detroit Lions 1-0 taking on the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Cardinals have yet to win a game this season because it's only one week. Who do you got? This is going to be a closer game than people think uh, because Bruce Arians is going to coach this team up. Palmer had a decent game last week against uh, against St. Louis. Ultimately, I think Megatron's too much, and I think Reggie Bush is too much, and Detroit wins in Arizona. I agree. Taking Detroit as well. Megatron, huge, huge weapon. Stafford is going to show that last year was just a fluke. And Reggie Bush, finally the Detroit Lions have a running back that they can trust since Barry Sanders. And I'm tell- but I'm telling you, Arizona's going to make a game of it. They're, They're going to make, make a game, game of it. Carson Palmer and uh, Fitzgerald, and uh, they, they all look good clicking. But I think Detroit is just a better team than Agreed. Arizona. So. The New Orleans Saints 1-0 heading down to Tampa Bay to take on Darrell Rivas and the Buccaneers. Who do you got? Uh, Greg Schiano, man. Yeah, my boy from Rutgers, or your boy from Rutgers. I'm not sure whose boy he is. I'm, your boy. Okay, he's my boy then. I've been so back and forth on this guy because initially when he came into the league, I'm saying to myself, this guy's going to be a great NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. He's lost this team. New Orleans is going to, as the kids call it, raffle stomp all over Tampa Bay. I also agree there again, man. We're picking the same same teams. New Orleans as well. And now it's for the kicker gate game. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus Terrell Pryor. Okay. No no relation to Richard and Oakland Raiders. Who do you got? Don't bring Richard Pryor into this, man. Hey, Uh, anytime I can bring Richard Pryor into something, you damn well know I'm going to do it. Now, indulge me for just a second, because I'm going to research something very quickly online. It's not a question. It's not a question of if Oakland is going to win. (laughs) It's a question about the line. Let's take a look at this one second. uh, And by the way, we mentioned this. The line, Oakland by six. Oakland by That's all they're getting? Six? The insider line, Oakland by seven and a half. I would mortgage the house on Oakland. At this point, I don't think – I'm not saying that Jacksonville won't see the end zone. I just don't think they lose – this is a no contest. This is an absolute no contest, and I expect uh, Oakland to win by double digits easily. Oh, yeah. There is no question about it. I, uh, it's a shame I don't have money to bet on it. Can I get a loan? Yeah, it would be nice. This is definitely one of those games. Where, but you know what? Who the hell knows, though? I'd be shocked if Jacksonville won it and really screwed us over. But – Going for Oakland as well, really liked watching what Terrell Pryor did in week one. Yeah, He was 19 of 29, 217 yards with a passing touchdown. But on the rushing side, 13 carries for 112 yards. I, he's going for over 100 again on the rushing side of the ball. Against and, and, and wait till DMC gets a uh, – just saying. Oh, boy. It's going to be a nice two-headed monster there. Yeah. This is going to be a good game. Peyton Manning versus Eli Manning. The Broncos heading into New York. MetLife Stadium taking on the Giants. This is going to be a good one. Oh, what do you got? I'm going to say a Manning will win this game. Um, you got to bet gee, the house? Gee, Jim, what a great game. i got to go Denver. I've got to go Denver simply put because their offense is more intact. They have more weapons in place. After all, the Giants just signed Brandon Jacobs back. And he's got to get his footing, as it were. Oh, yeah. Their running game is non-existent slash a mess. They, 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 and, they, and they hit the panic button maybe too early. Even if it was Brandon Jacobs of five years ago, he's still not going to have an effective run against this Denver Broncos defense. I don't see it. And, and, like, and the Giants' defense, yeah. eh. And also, middle linebacker Dan Conner placed on a season-ending IR yesterday for the Giants. So that's, yeah, that uh, doesn't no, help their cause either. It's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think Denver uh, puts up another forty-point performance. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be that much of a shootout, to be honest. I think Eli might throw for a couple of touchdowns, but he's not going to throw for those four hundred and fifty yards like he did in the last game against uh, Dallas. I, I honestly think Denver is going to win this, and they're going to win it by a convincing score. Well, I, well, ultimately, and I'm looking at this from a fantasy perspective for all you fantasy nuts out there. Uh, you know, Eli's still worth a start, I think, because he's going to put up garbage time stats. Yeah. He's going to put up, he'll, he'll throw for 300 and a couple of touchdowns, which will be okay for fantasy purposes. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely for fantasy. But this isn't fantasy because a loss is a loss. I know, Denver, but I'm just, I'm trying to be all things to all people with these picks, okay? Denver has the line by five. The insider line is by seven. 
This is going to be a good one. Who's your they, insider? The bookie? Come on now. Bookie, man. I got him over here. He's telling me right now. Joey Numbers? Joey Numbers. Joey Numbers. Yeah, Joey Pantalone. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers taking on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Whoever loses has to shave an eyebrow off between Colin Kaepernick Russell Wilson. Um, the line is Seattle by one. The insider line is even, which I do not understand <laughs> at all. I'm going to show. I'm going to do it before you do. San Francisco is winning this game because if Seattle plays like they did in the last game, there is no way they're going to even come close to scoring as many points as they need to even tie the 49ers in this game. Now, I'm going San Francisco. Who do you got? I'm going with San Francisco, too, but I'm going to play a little devil's advocate for you. You know damn well why the line is what it is because it's in Seattle, the home of the 13th man on the field, you know, or the 12th man or whatever it is, the 5 millionth man because they are so effing loud there. Oh, no uh, doubt about it. That being said, San Francisco, uh, Frank Gore hasn't even, you know, again, I'm talking about running backs who didn't have a great week one, Frank Gore, he's going to go off. But this is going to be a closer game. It's going to be a classic San Francisco-Seattle game for the last couple of years. Close game, uh, tooth and nail. In the end, Kaepernick will Kaepernick as he always does, and, and they'll win the football game. San Francisco win a close one, a good one under the Sunday night lights. Not if they put up only one touchdown in this game, Russell Wilson. He, Russell Wilson will bounce back. He will bounce back. Not like had a bad game. He just could not find the end zone. He, he, he threw for over 300 yards. Well, but it was a last-second touchdown that won it for Seattle. So exactly, but so. they need Marshawn Lynch to pick up as well. So definitely, and definitely. if he doesn't, and San Francisco and Frank Gore start to pick up their running game, and Kaepernick and Ant- Antoine Bolden continue to connect. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. Time to get some Dairy Queen. Monday night football, eight thirty p.m. on ESPN. The Pittsburgh Old Steelers taking on the Cincinnati Evil Ginger Andy Dalton Bengals. Who do you got, Jim? Could you be more offensive? No, not at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was enough. <laughs> how nice can I say this? And I mean no disrespect to the folks in Pittsburgh, because remember, I am pulling for your Pirates. You I am pulling for your Pirates. Oh, yeah, for the Pirates you are. Okay. Yeah, uh, the, Steelers. the Steelers are deader than Myron Cope, uh, the man behind the terrible <laughs> towel right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, and Mike Tomlin's job... <laughs> well, you started it. Mike Tomlin's... Job security is going to be on the line before much longer. No doubt about it. Uh, Cincinnati's going to roll in this game because Pittsburgh is I, – I can't describe how bad Pittsburgh is. We're, when we're doing picks and everything and we talk about, uh, you know, what where teams are going to finish, I don't. I think Pittsburgh could be dead last in this division when all is said and done. I agree. I, I mean, agree. I don't see them getting more than five or six wins at the rate they're playing. No. I mean, because they have no running game. They have nobody to throw the damn ball to. Ben Roethlisberger is not what he was five or six years ago. Uh, the defense is non-existent. They are just a mess at Heinz Field. So there's ketchup all over the place. Oh, like the ketchup reference. All right, there you go. I got the Bengals as well. Uh, Andy Dalton had himself a good game in the last game, 26-33. 282 yards, two touchdowns. They got to get their running game going, though. Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, he's got to do better than 25 yards on 14 carries. Absolutely. Dalton's got himself some damn good weapons in the wide receiver core. His tight end is amazing. A.J. Green as well in there. After uh, come Tuesday morning, Bengals will be 1-1 one one on the season, no question. I think that's a foregone conclusion, yes. All right. 15 minutes left in the show. Jim, I think it's time for your specialty, and that is the MLB standings. You you make it sound like that because you really just don't want to talk baseball, do you? I really I know I don't. Nice talking to you. <laughs> Let, let's go over a look at the uh, standings in Major League Baseball as we. Oh come on! <laughs> Little teapot. All right, MLB standings. <laughs> right, we, we don't want me singing. Let's start. You know what? I'm going to be different. Let's start in the National League right now, where Atlanta leads over Washington by 11 games. Uh, the Phillies were most recently eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, who saw that coming? Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Right now, though, in the Central, Pittsburgh has fought back winners of four straight to tie atop the National League Central by uh, with a two and a half game lead. Pittsburgh and St. Louis have. 
over the Cincinnati Reds. Love it. Uh, all all three of those teams playing good baseball. Pittsburgh and St. Louis six and four in their last ten. Cincinnati playing seven and three in their last ten. So they've been making up ground too. So are we going to have a one game playoff between Pittsburgh and St. Louis? Yeah, possibly. That'd be nice. Uh, but it, it would be it would be nice, but I don't think so. I think St. Louis will still win it because again, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati over the course of the next couple of weeks play each other six times, and more than likely they're going to split that, which means St. Louis will probably eke ahead because of strength of schedule. Nope, Pittsburgh uh, win it. Yeah, well, I I hope Pittsburgh wins it. I want Pittsburgh to win it. They're Both just hot right now. They really are. So and they're young and they're good. Uh, speaking of good, the Dodgers, 86-60 and 60 right now, uh, which is good enough for the third-best record in all of baseball, 12.5 clear of Arizona, who are uh, whose elimination number, by the way, is five if you're well, scoring at home. Let me ask you this. If we were to ask L.A. Dodger fans less than two months ago, are you going to win the National League West? They would have said absolutely not. Less than two months ago, they would have said yes because they they caught fire in June. They caught fire early June. Well, no, this week. I thought it was only in May. No, it was it was June. So it was June. July. All right, so then less than three months ago. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just trying to help you oh, out, no. brother. Uh, but no, uh, it's an amazing turnaround because this team was dead last, and, and we talked about it on my baseball podcast. Touch them all. CLW83.com. Stitcher Radio, by the way. Check that out. Hey, we, we hey CLW83.com simulcast this podcast uh, in podcast form, so I can pimp them all I want. Go for it, man. Uh, thank you very much. But we talked about Don Mattingly being fired back late May, early June. And then Puig comes in, Rookie of the Year, Beast Mode, uh, Diva Mode to a certain extent. It's just been unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable the way things have gone. And now they're the team to beat right now in the National League as far as I see it. Mm-hmm. I don't see Atlanta doing anything in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, 88-58, and 58, the second-best record in baseball as I uh, have these totals up. But they're binged, they're binged up a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll get to the wild card in a second in the National League. Over to the American League, the team with the best record in baseball, and I never thought this would happen. Yeah, right. The Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. 89 and 59, winners of seven of their last ten. They're eight and a half clear of Tampa Bay. Oh, nine and a half clear of the Yankees. They're dropping. No, 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 no. Well, both teams are dropping in the division race, but in the wild card races, I'll tell you in a second, it's going to be a free for all. Uh, Detroit leads by six over Cleveland, by seven over Kansas City, and Kansas City, seven of their last ten, they've won. Uh, but the biggest story in the American League in terms of division races, Oakland is separating themselves even more from Texas. They go into a three-game series this weekend in Texas. And they're uh, hot. Yeah. Texas Seven of their last ten they've won. They go uh, in three and a half games up over Texas. So if Oakland somehow pulls off a sweep in Texas, it could be game over. Yeah. It could easily be game over. Love to see Oakland, man, make the playoffs. That's always great. Moneyball, it's a beautiful thing. Now, the wild card is where it's at in the American League, as you well know. If the playoffs started today, Texas and Tampa Bay are your two wild card teams. The team on the outside looking in right now, one game back, I say this facetiously for you, your New York Yankees. Not mine. Well, I know. You're you're a fan of the M underscore TSs. My team is 18 games back in a wild card. <laughs> well, they, uh, are they? Let me see. Uh, yeah, they are, actually. How about that? Which means eliminated. Cleveland is one and a half back in the wild card. Uh, Baltimore, two and a half. Kansas City has fought to two and a half back. Uh, we're, we're at almost two and a half weeks, uh, under two and a half weeks left to play, and you can make a darn good case for Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland, or the Yankees to take over. It can I mean, happen. You know, just looking at it, Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Oakland. Wow. You know, it's teams that you really wouldn't expect to be in the fray this year. Small market franchises. you got to love it. you really got to love it. And, and I know some will say, well, Baltimore's not small market. Have you seen the payroll on this team? They're small market, folks. Oh, yeah. Same thing for Cleveland. They're small market, folks. No doubt. Uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a fun race to watch and cover over the next two and a half weeks. Uh, the National League wild card, you know, we, we talked last time, two days ago, Washington had clawed to within six games. They're now five and a half games back of Cincinnati for the uh, second wild card spot. I, I think just too little too late. Too little too late. They're, an, they're eight and two in their last ten. They're playing out of their gourd. 
But if this was like two, three weeks ago they made this move, they'd have a chance. Right now, unless Cincinnati falls off uh, the back of a turnip truck, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, what a shame. Jason Worth not in the playoffs. Oh, let me cry over spilled milk over there. Uh, you love Jason Worth. Uh, the beard. Uh, you want him back. Mm, about as much as I want uh, to go to the dentist and have some teeth pulled. He looks more like Edge than Edge looks like Edge now. The rated R superstar. You got to crack your voice like Tony Chimmel to <laughs> say that. But but you you brought something to my attention involving baseball that you actually do want to talk about because well, it involves your boy A Rod. Not my boy. Can't oh, stand the guy. Boy. An A bomb for A Rod. He's your you, boy. We can say this on the air, so I'm going to say it. A Rod is who I call bitch tit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, go ahead, bring this story up that you uh, you you uh, pointed in my direction earlier. Uh, well, just read this on uh, Bush League Chronicle this morning. According to a fan survey conducted by Jason Stark of ESPN, mm-hmm. New York Yankees third baseman Alex Rodriguez is the face of baseball. Reading a little bit more into uh, the piece here uh, via Hardball Talk, the controversial and troubled star garnered 22% of the overall vote which is good enough to beat out fellow teammate Derek Jeter, who had 12%, and Detroit Tiger slugger Miguel Cabrera, 9%, for the right to lay claim to the dubious title. It's dubious because if you're the face, just because you're the face of baseball, that's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, you want a good face for baseball, and of course you're going to say, Jim, you're from near Millville, you're a homer, Mike Trout. That's a guy you want to be the face of baseball, a guy who seemingly plays the game the right way, busts his hump, and so on and so forth. Mike Trout was fourth in the poll. Yeah, there you go. My man. Followed by David Ortiz, Albert Pujols, Joey Votto, and Babe Ruth and Buster Posey at 2%. Bryce Harper, (laughs) David Wright, Mariano Rivera, and Chipper Jones at 1%. Somebody who isn't even playing in the game. That's a couple of people who aren't playing the game. Babe Ruth, yes. One dead, one retired. Well, he isn't cryogenically frozen like allegedly Walt Disney is, so that's the problem. This just speaks, the fact that this poll says that Alex Rodriguez is the face of baseball, well, it speaks to the fact that the four-letter network in Bristol, Can I Get a Booyah, just keeps hammering him to death. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, letting it be known, A-Rod, 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 24-7 around the clock. And it, it Cats a bad light on baseball because you're the face of your sport, according to the fans, is a guy who is an egotist, is a guy who can't play the game the right way, and so on and so forth. It, it does no favors to a sport that desperately needs a ratings boost. I mean, World Series ratings and playoff ratings are down. People don't watch baseball like they did in the 70s and 80s. And, of course, part of that is the Thousand Channel universe we live in, but still. But get this, though. Respondents of the survey were asked to pick up to three players they would identify as the face of baseball today from a list excluding Alex Rodriguez. And the first three were, of course, Derek Jeter, Miguel Cabrera, David Ortiz, 38%, 25%, 17%, followed by Mike Trout with 16%. Do you know who actually got a vote at 1%? Tim Tebow. No, who? Aroldis Chapman. Well, nice to see his family uh, voted in the poll. Manny Machado, 4%. Nice to see his family voted in the poll. I mean, you know, when you look at these polls, this is when you have to look at, okay, were there a lot of Cincinnati Reds homers, or were these actual baseball fans who care about the game and not just their team voting? That's that's the thing that bothers me Yeah. with a lot of these polls, especially the voting for the All-Star games. Oh, absolutely. Always the homers, which is fine in a way. But when it comes down to where players who truly deserve to get the recognition don't because of the homer fans, that's when it pisses me off. It's it's ballot box stuff. Again, it's fine. The All-Star Game vote, to me, is not unlike the high school or middle school uh, student council vote. You know, it's all about campaigning, stuffing the ballot boxes, and getting in by any means necessary. For goodness sakes, in the days leading up to the final day of voting, how often have you seen the stories? I know here in Philadelphia a couple years ago, we were trying to get Shane Victorino in, and there were literally people 
on laptops, staked out on the concourse of Citizens Bank Park, who just did nothing but slam vote for him. And I and, and, and honestly, that's stupid. I'm sorry. I agree. That's stupid. And this is why I still say that these leagues need to take away fan voting. Let them vote for the last person that goes in. But not the starting lineups and not the and not the benches. They shouldn't vote for the starting lineup. I'll agree with you on that. But you have to have some sort of fan voting. You have to have some sort of fan voting for getting players on the roster. The, the, the 12th man. Nah, not, not, it's got to be more than that. I'm okay with that. You know, I, I'm okay if you vote for people on the team, but to vote for starters, that's a little suspect. I think that should be manager's discretion. I'm sorry, but, you know, in the early 2000s when the starting lineup for the American League All-Star team, and I, and I don't care about the AL All-Star team, but when the entire starting lineup is first, second, third, shortstop, catcher, starting pitcher, two of the outfielders were nothing but Yankees. And Red Sox. Yeah, you know. I'm well, sorry, but I, it, there should it should have to be that you know no more than two can start. You know, rest have to be on the bench. Let other guys and, come up from different teams. And know? by the same token, get rid of the every team must have an all star thing. I hate that. I'm sorry. Not every team. Every team has a best player, no doubt about it. But not everybody. But every team's best player is all star caliber. It doesn't work that way. You know, I, I hate seeing the teams littered with, you know, eight players from one team and seven players from another team. But by the same token, you can't, you know, you know, you don't want your game coming down to, let's just use for the sake of argument, here it is the ninth inning. This time it counts, and I hate that. You know that. And it comes down to the Houston Astros reliever on the mound. Nothing worse than that. There is yeah. nothing worse than no. that. No. Unbelievable. I mean, it's just... Well, there is actually one thing worse than that, and I'm think about it. What's that? Well, you ever play rugby? <laughs> no, I haven't. I can't say that I have. Growing up in Brooklyn, we don't play much rugby. I, I have referenced rugby more often on this show, this episode, than anybody has ever in the history of Blog Talk Radio. And damn it, I'm proud of that. Well, what about the rugby hour? Uh, I'm more an Australian rules football kind of guy, quite frankly. There you go. Yeah, and they have some female officials who are quite cute, I must say. Well, anyway, there I found this story uh, on Bleacher Report, and uh, it's squeamish, so uh, be ready for this. Be ready to hold yourself. Apparently last year, or last week, rather, 26-year-old by the name of Anthony Watts, uh, he plays in Australia for the National, the NRL National Rugby League. He plays for the Gold Coast Tweed Rugby League uh, for the Tugan Seahawks. Mm -hmm. He was involved in an incident during a preliminary final against the Bilambil Jets. Of course, you know these two teams. Long story short, he received an eight-week ban for biting an opponent's manhood during a match. Ouch. Disgusting. As uh, quoted from The Guardian... He, Watts' opponent, then quickly pulled down his shorts to show the damage to a referee. There were bite marks on his little uh, little jet, shall we say, because this was the Beal and Bill jets. Scotland. So we, we talk about Inamakuntu being dirty. We talk about so on and so forth. I don't think he's that dirty. This is, you know, Ric Flair looks at this saying, man, I'm not that dirty. Woo! Space Mountain. Well, his Space Mountain is permanently bite, bitten. Nothing was bitten off, just the remarks and probably a little blood. I a lot disgusting. of crying. Disgusting. Uh, you know what? A person like that should uh, be locked up. I'm sorry. That's just awful. Well, I mean, uh, they are... Uh, well, what is funny is Mr. Watts has seven days to lodge an appeal and intends on seeking legal advice. Uh, yeah, legal advice would be good, and legal advice would be, you can't get out of this. You bit a man's Penis. Yeah. You bit a man's junk. Disgusting. There is, there is no defending it. No, there's not. I, the lawyer who takes that appeal is the stupidest lawyer on the planet. Yeah. Well, I know that league will actually take more of a punishment on the guy than some of the leagues here in the States will. Anybody got some ice? I'm hurting down there now. It's talking sucks, about this. But, just, uh, oh. All right, Jim. Well, that's it for Friday. 
Yeah, fun Friday. Uh, unless you're that guy who got his... Uh, never mind. Um, enough, wasn't man. fun for you. Enough, man. That hurts, but, man. Uh, well, I had to bring it up because at least you're not him. Exactly. Uh, Monday, we're back at it again. We'll recap uh, the weekend that was in the National Football League. Uh, anything new in the baseball world, we'll follow that Oakland-Texas series, that's for sure. Or at least I will. Uh, John will just be watching Red Zone. I'll, for I'll, just, yes. I'll, I'll listen to you talk about it. Yes, because you can listen to me read the phone book, Rolls Eyes at Back of Head. Oh, love your voice, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, well, we hope everybody has a great, great weekend. We do have some very, very good guests coming up next week, which we will announce on Monday. And for the weeks following, we've been working hard here at 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. It's going to be a good one. Don't forget, tune in 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday morning for the 247 NFL Preview Show with myself and the host of New England Sports 247 Radio, John Leary. So for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.